This is the Game Changers Experience. Deep dive conversations with leading business disruptors, Olympic athletes, celebrities, entrepreneurs, and influencers from around the world. This show will teach you insights about the winning principles in mindset, productivity, marketing, branding, entrepreneurship, business strategy, and more. Hosted by Productivity Authority, business strategist, former elite athlete, author, and public speaker, Adam Strong. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Game Changers Experience with myself, Adam Strong. And today we have another amazing show lined up. I am here on the show with my good friend, Kevin Whelan. Now, Kevin is one of the UK's leading experts when it comes to creating wealth, which is, I guess we all need a bit more money in our pockets these days, right? Uh, he's an economist. <laughs> he's an economist. He's an author. He's also a podcast host because he's got a, a, an amazing podcast uh, called Wealth Talk, I believe. Uh, and he's also the founder of a company called Wealth Builders. And that main focus is all about helping you guys create how you can create extra streams of uh, re recurring income. And that isn't including your job and your business for those guys that, for you guys that are listening in, by the way. Um, he's also created a really simple, simplistic step-by-step -step approach and framework about how you can build wealth for longevity more than anything else. And today's conversations, we're going to be do, doing a little bit. Of, not we're not just going to be talking a bit, bit about wealth. Um, we've got two handsome guys, of course, uh, talking about money, wealth, and everything else that kind of goes with hand in hand when it comes to running a business as well. So, what are we going to be talking about today? Well, we're going to be talking a little bit about financial literacy. We're going to be talking about financial plans. Uh, we're going to be talking about asset building, wealth uh, um, wealth building. Uh, we're also going to be talking about the broken system. And I've got a personal story that I'm going to share with Kevin, and maybe he can enlighten me and, you know, dive in deep there. But it, I probably share the, some of the same stories that some of you guys that are listening in. So, um, so without further ado, Kevin, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for the invitation. As you say, two handsome men just chatting a little bit of <laughs> my kids say, Dad, you chat shit a lot. And I <laughs> good purpose, you know, the Absolutely. purpose of what I do is, is to help as many people become financially independent as possible. So and definitely more important than what we're seeing right now. So rather than doom and gloom and batting down the hatches, let's mm. talk about creativity, being proactive and how you can create recurring income so you never have to worry about financial crises ever again. You know, it's interesting, right? So, um, I mean, you picked up a really good point there because, yeah, there's a lot of uncertainty and stuff. And it's it, sometimes it's really difficult to get out of that kind of, you could call it a mindset or whatever it is. I, I, but I'm also a big believer in, you know, like who you hang around with and 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 so also you know the information and the education that's out there right now which is all about like you mentioned you know the last couple of years people getting smashed by the pandemic if you ran a business like some people really were affected by that now we've got like these i suppose a world called recession like looming potentially and these ridiculous um energy increase surge prices so like it creates all this you know, I mean, the last two years has been crazy for some people, but now it's just, it's like, kind of like, where does it end? Do you know what I mean, Kevin? Yeah, there's doom and gloom out there. And 
I suppose the economic wind is blowing on on us north, south, east and west. So we're being buffeted everywhere from, as you mentioned, inflation, rising interest rates, the recession. I mean, so much so that probably the real tell is the social unrest is out there right now. Yeah. People going on strike, people genuinely worried. Um, and while, you know, we can have a, a good time and enjoy each other's company, uh, both inside and outside of a podcast, it's quite serious for many people. Mm. Mm. So what we really want to try and do is give them something to work on mm. as opposed to reacting to. And for the most part, the, the news is always doom and gloom. Yeah, it is. And so let's 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 elevate that and enlighten yeah. people and give them some things to to do. Yeah. And then that momentum will be like a dynamo, you know, which creates mm. the light which helps you see where you want to go. And there's lots of things to do. So many in every mm. aspect of business, employeeship, every aspect of wealth from property to intellectual property and uh, mm. stock market even. So many different ways you can protect yourself against these sorts mm. of downsides coming. Yeah, that's, that's a good point, actually, because I like I liked it the way that you articulated that because you were talking about protection. We'll talk about protection because, you know, there's this, I've got a great question, which I'll ask you uh, in a second, but I wanted to jump uh, a little bit behind if I could, because I know that I think it was in the early 90s. I think it was in the early 90s. Um, your dad passed away in his, was it 46? I think he, your dad passed away. And I think that really um, affected you and your family because it was in the the oil business. Is that right? It was in oil rigs. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. So, I mean, that's a catalyst, right? So most mm. people who discover a real need to build wealth often comes as a result of a catalyst, something that interrupts their pattern right. of thinking. Right, right. And me, I think, born out of a tragedy of a, the early death of a father, and mm. he wasn't, didn't kind of pass away peacefully in his sleep. Uh, he died on an oil rig, right? And crazy. that was the end of him. Yeah, yeah. And anyway, what, what that meant, and he had a heart attack, so it wasn't an accident, it was a heart attack. Mm, mm, mm. Because of that, because genetically we cut from the same class, really, uh, I made a decision pretty early on in my career that uh, it would I probably couldn't save enough money to mm. build a really great lifestyle for myself and the family that I'd planned to have because I met the woman I married in 1985, in fact, mm. and we married in 1989. Nice. And I just thought, no, I've got to do things. So what can I do? You know, so in, you mentioned, you know, I'm an economist, so got mm. an economics degree. So mm. I was capable of some intelligent application of thought. And what can I do to actually build things that I now call assets? Yeah. But didn't have that language then. Yeah. Yeah. That, if I own them, even if I'm gone, they'll keep paying me. What could they be? And my brain has been working on that. You know, I was going to say to you before you before we get into this, because there, there was a there was a really important question there, and um, around the whole kind of like you know, because you you and your dad were like two peas in a pod, as you'd kind of described it, right? You 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 that's what you described. How did that? Um, affect you emotionally like what was you going through your mind before you kind of explored the opportunity to think to yourself holy crap like you know we're struggling now or you know i don't want my i don't want to live like the same journey as my dad did my father did you know what is like what was you going through emotionally what was your, yeah. what was your thoughts at the pro at the time well you know 
I would say the putting aside the emotion of a personal tragedy, the mm. the emotion that transpired really mm. was was really born out of frustration because my dad was a bright guy and mm. he had a good business, but when he died, because it was unexpected, he hadn't put in place things like wills, ah. hadn't taken life cover, hadn't provided a business succession plan. Got it. And as a result, while the family were moving forward with his business, mm-hmm. we were doing better. You know, we had nicer cars, we had a nicer house. Yeah. You know, based in the northeast. So my accent is from Newcastle upon Tyne, if people are trying to work that out. Uh, and I'm sure people struggle with you also in time to time as well. We spoke about anyway. We kind of family all of a sudden went backwards. Mm. And, and it wasn't through a lack of intellect, it was through a lack of application. And so good intentions, bad execution mm. made me realize that, you know, hey, what 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 is this? common denominator later mm. on as I got into business I realized employeeship wasn't for me mm. you suddenly realize all of a sudden you haven't got one job you've got five <laughs> you know? and and you be you become like a circus uh performer you're either juggling balls or you're spinning plates spinning and plates yeah. <laughs> yeah and that's all you're doing and you and you're trying to catch them or prevent them from falling unfortunately for most people when they drop if it's you know if we're talking about juggling balls, they're made out of rubber and they bounce and you can mm. catch them and they're no big deal. Mm. But when death occurs and nobody is protected, yes, then that ball's made out of glass and that shatters and you can't put it back together again. Yeah, I was uh, you know it's interesting because you you know you mentioned about the fact that you live a pretty comfortable life when your dad was around, like your family was pretty pretty in in, in good shape, and then because of that protection, there there wasn't a protection there. I mean. You then obviously had to think about maybe cutting back or maybe not living a lifestyle that you ran previously. I mean, did yeah. that like did that cause a lot of abrasions and a lot of conflicts within not just the relationships but also within kind of the family cohort, if you like? How do you deal I, with that? I think it was just a surprise, uh, and and then you know, I suppose we have to just, you, I was left then, I was 25, remember, so I wasn't right, in there. Right. Got it. It was more, my mother was affected and, you know, she had a mortgage to pay that she mm. didn't have the money to pay. She had bills to pay that she didn't have the money to pay. So, mm. so in the end, I think she was more affected than, than me, my uh, sort of siblings. Yes. But, 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 but anyway, the, the point is, I think for me, it was a, born out of that was a, strong catalyst to mm. to be, want to become financially independent as quickly as possible which with no mentorship no guides no coaches no path well trodden wow. i had to discover for myself it took me about 15 years to get to where i wanted to get to so my life was completely paid for without having to do a day's work ever again at 45 that's crazy so from about 30 to 45 to do it and um, and now I, because it's been been working on this and still working on it since then, we've got a process that we can teach anybody to be completely financially independent in five years. Very cool. So because so, everything has been done before, mm. you know, of course there are nuances, there are changes, but the principles of how to build wealth are now so deeply entrenched in my DNA 
I've got like a CAT scan brain. <laughs> diagnose the financial health of anybody. So if you've got that question when you're ready to ask it, I'll be more than happy to, to shed gonna... a little bit of that light for you. You know, you know it's no problem. Now. I was, but now I was... we teach it, of course. I don't keep it to myself. I share it and both in free stuff that I do, free giveaways, free yeah. books and so on. Love it. But also for people who want to accelerate and and work in a community, because that's another thing, you know, that I think is really important. Business owners like me and you, often we, we live our lives in our businesses and we're quite isolated. Yes, we've got a team, but we're sort of running the business. So we're, mm-hmm. one would argue that they're sort of the top of the business pyramid and that's rarefied air. And often there's nobody that shares the same concerns, troubles, trials and tribulations. So I think finding communities is really critical now so part of what we do wealth builders is we build communities of people who are on the same journey yeah i like that so when 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 you do something you'll do it for yourself if Mm. somebody's an accountability partner or you're seeing a whole community doing things you'll do more because you'll get the inspiration from others you'll get an insight from others who don't think like you Mm. And, and frankly i get that People give me distinctions. I go, oh, I never thought of that. <laughs> they're not me, but they're on the path. Go, That's clever. I'll use that. Um, in fact, somebody said to me the other day, you know what, Kevin? I've just realized I've been a wealth waster. Not a wealth. <laughs> I've never had that and before. I thought, Great. I've never heard that before. <laughs> That's, a good one. I like that. That's a good yeah. catchphrase. I like that. That's a good stuff. Um, interestingly enough, I, I wanted to um, touch on something where, you know, um, a lot of as you, as you there's a huge percentage i think it's about 95 percent of people out there that are listening to this podcast they don't make it right in terms of like financial wealth you know and it's a sad state of affairs but i guess my question is is like how do you and i my belief is is that it's down to fear there's a lot of fear whether it be the miss around money you know and i ran all the taboos around wealth and making money i know that there was a lot of taboos around making money when we were kids and stuff like that but how do you overcome fear in order to make a commitment to improve and create wealth for you and your family do you have any good tips there yeah i mean fear as we all know and lots of people have used this before is false edgy false um uh, false evidence appearing real yeah yeah so, so for the most part, uh, the way to dispel that is, first of all, get a great education because mm-hmm. your perspective changes. And we know in life that our things improve when we educate ourselves. So getting the right education, and that's a tricky one because you've got to know a trusted source of that education. Yep. But, but education is the cornerstone of all wealth building because you cannot build your wealth from the same state of mind you're in the 95%. And the mentality... I advocate for anybody is the value add mentality. So instead of being something, whether it's a job in a business, is how do you create more value? Mm -hmm. And then how do you replicate that creation of value? So if you can do something, you can see it's adding value, but then you replicate it, it will work automatically. So once you've done it once, the the fear goes away because you can see, well, that works, that works, that works. Mm -hmm. And then if you've got a community around you, other people are doing it. So you become less fearful when other people are giving you the real evidence. This works for them. Crumbs, it can work for me because actually they're doing the same thing. So we like to imagine everybody's on the same journey Mm. from financially 
insecure, yes. meaning yes. if you stopped work in your job or you stopped work in your business, how much would automatically flow into your bank account every month? Automatically. Not what's left over from the work you did last month, but what <laughs> every month, every month, every month. Now, for some people, the beginning, that's zero. Mm -hmm. What they're looking for is independence. Now, that's a different number for everybody. Sure. So doesn't matter what it is. The average in my community, by the way, just so you know, is 10K a month. 10K a month. Okay. That's good. Usually somewhere on the track, three to four, four to five is a kind of financial security number. Now, the reason why that milestone is critical is because one of the great challenges for people building their wealth is that so much of their time is consumed in non-wealth building activities. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So they're juggling the balls and spinning the plates. They're doing the job of a 40, 50, 60 hour week. So the time to build wealth is teeny tiny. Mm -hmm. Can't build wealth in a job. Yeah. It's almost impossible to become wealthy from the place of employeeship. Mm -hmm. Almost. One or two exceptions. You, you're one of the founding employees of Microsoft. Yeah, you're wealthy by now. You <laughs> discover something in the business where you do a joint venture with your with your employer. Yeah, that's rare, but it does happen. You become an entrepreneur, mm. but because there's so much time paucity, we're some time poor. We try and help people build their recurring income in little blocks. So get your first hundred, get your first five hundred, get your first thousand, get to three or get to four. Now renegotiate your time. Yep. either with yourself or with somebody else so you now can give more time to your wealth building so our plan is to get someone from naught to three four five and then from there to ten and that's an ex that's almost like an acceleration it's not a straight line at all it's absolutely an acceleration like going through the gears in a car uh you know you can get it's hard to get very far in first gear mm. but you've got to get there you can't go from first to seventh because the engine would fall out. You True. can't do it. You've got to go through the, the levels. Yeah. And if you do it that way, that, that removes the fear because you're taking baby steps, you're getting little bits of momentum, reassurance. We encourage recording. Mm. You know, so there's a constant update of what you're doing, what you're learning, what you're banking. And then as that moves forward, you can see, well, a year ago, I had zero recurring income. Now I've got 2,000. I'm halfway mm -hmm. to being financially, you know, uh, secure. And what's interesting to me, that five years, and then even if it took a bit longer, say seven years mm -hmm. of focused wealth building can mean you're financially independent for the rest of your life, mm -hmm. the rest of the lives of your kids and your mm -hmm. next generation, generations to come. Mm -hmm. So most people won't do it. That's the point. It's only 5% of the people will do it. We want to get that to 6% or 7%, but mm. we really will, you know, my ambition is to help 50,000 people become financially independent. Love uh, that. That's what we're touching. You know, we're trying to fill a football stadium of, of people who then go out and build a community, infect others. That's what we're trying to do. Mm. That's why we, we're so keen to get the message out. Mm. Uh, and we're not worried about whether people pay us or not. No. Because in the end, enough people will choose to get the guidance to be in the community and to share in it. I don't care if there are some DIYers on the outside want to grab <laughs> free information. If it helps them, I'm happy about that. 
That's good. I like that. And and that's what I like about you. You know, it's like, you know, because you've made your money, it's, you're not really, int- you're not, you know, you're not, your focus isn't about making more money because you've really got your, you know, but, you know, and I also believe, and this is maybe this is, um, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, my kind of experience, and, and I want to touch on something that we talked about earlier on, which was all about reoccurring income or passive income. It's one of the things that um, that I was taught, I think, when I was younger, is that passive income was a scam, right? Reoccurring income was a scam. It wasn't seen as an ethical way to make money. You'd have to go out and trade time for pounds or time ta- time uh, trade time for dollars or whatever it is. And I think, it, like you said, it's it's an education, right? Um, but maybe um, what I was going to say to you is that I, I still believe, even with people that are surrounding me, um, or people that I know more than anything else, they still believe that that is to be true. You know, that so it is a okay. mindset of, you know, this is really the only way that you can make money. But like you've highlighted, actually, it's not. Um, do you well, have any? Yeah, I'd love to give a perspective on that. So let me yeah, let's you, do that. Let, let, let me first of all, you know, give you a, a, a quotation from uh, Mr. Buffett, Warren Buffett, who oh, said, yeah. you know, Unless you find a way to make money while you sleep, you're going to work till you die. True. Okay. Now, in the end, you have to create recurring income. Now, even if you create it through pensions, mm. but the principle of recurring income. Now, I'll make one other distinction. I don't believe there's any sort of income that's passive because passive implies no work. Yes. There has to be some work, even if it's maintenance. Got it. Because if you've got a beautiful property yep. and you rent it out, but you don't spend any time in maintenance, it will dilapidate after a while. So there has to be some maintenance, whether you do it or somebody else does it, you still have the responsibility. Right. So I think we're in the business. There's a distinction that often people like that we're in two businesses, whether we like it or not. Mm-hmm. We're in the business of whatever we're doing, whatever we're manufacturing, selling, processing, consulting on, but we're also in the wealth building business because in the end, every business has an exit. Yes. The exit will be when we can't do it anymore Mm. or we choose not to do anymore. So you always have to have a focus on the exit. But the other point to, to, to go back to your point about the ethical nature of recurring income, I believe there's no other form of income that's more ethical, Mm. right? Why? Because in my business where we create memberships, mm-hmm. my business cannot succeed unless the members continue to get outstanding value for money. Yes. Because if they don't get value, they will stop. So it's the greatest reflection of the value you're bringing to people in society that if they're willing to continue to give you money, in exchange for a value they want, you're always on your toes, mm. you're always focused on them, and you don't stop focusing on them. And that's why I think it's highly ethical. It's it's the opposite of being unethical. It's interesting. I, I love that perspective. That's a, that's a really good perspective. And I guess it's, I guess it also depends on where you're at in life. But I guess the other spin to that is it it's irrelevant. It doesn't matter where you're if you're an entrepreneur running a business or whatever it is you know, looking at it from a, a pr- different perspective, a different analogy, different angle, like you've just given, it actually makes a lot of sense. 
you know and and you know even that even if that's not just creating memberships creating subscriptions or whatever it is it's like you know you're actually yeah. what you're doing is you're creating an asset not just in your business but you're creating an asset for you right and we haven't even touched on assets in our conversations yet no and here's why it's interesting for business owners okay because mm. i mentioned every business has an exit well let's assume the exit somebody sells their business okay yes. and a lot of business owners believe they'll sell their business but here's a shocking statistic out of five million business owners in the uk less than five thousand sell for more than a million a year yep. which means 0.1 percent of the business owning population sells for a sum of money that can make you give a good retirement yeah okay million quid at five percent gives you 50 grand a year that's not life-changing money but it's okay to live on let's say mm. so in the end if the exit's going to happen what are you going to do if you get a check for a million quid or two million quid or three million quid? Mm -hmm. You don't know what you're doing because you've spent no time building assets. Of course. No time understanding the principles. So all of a sudden you become vulnerable in your 60s because the average age of a business sold in the UK is 57. Yeah. So obviously when you're older than that. And so in their 60s, they're all of a sudden nervous and uncomfortable, and their money ends up in the bank or on the stock market, which is fundamentally volatile. So very difficult to build wealth from there. So mm -hmm. what we're encouraging business owners to do is to build wealth as they build their business. Mm -hmm. Grow your profits, grow your wealth. And you can do that by understanding that if you do that, you're less reliant on having to sell the business if you're building wealth alongside, then you're ring-fencing yourself from a devastating event like a pandemic or a legal claim or something. Mm -hmm. Whatever happens, you're you're actually shoring up your business as you go. Mm -hmm. And you're building your experience, not just for yourself, but for the next generation. Yeah. Because if you're extraordinarily now gifted in understanding the seven ways to build wealth, how to do that, the principles behind it, how to be tax efficient, how to do things really safely and really well, then you can teach your kids. Whereas if all of a sudden you just get money, you don't know what you're doing, they don't know what they're doing, and that money in the end ends up dissipating. So yeah. for legacy reasons, it's really important as well. Love it, love it. Now, you mentioned earlier on that it took you about 15 years, roughly, to become financially independent. That's, I think that's what you said, 15 years. Now, if we was to rewind time back, okay, what did you learn in those 15 years? And I think you mentioned in another podcast that you wish you could have maybe changed something. What did you learn from those 15 years? What would you have changed to make that, that, that time shorter to become financially independent? What did you learn from that journey? I think two, two fundamental things. Mm -hmm. First one I would have been more open, more humble. Oh, yeah. Like that. I think, yeah, I think um, in my youth, probably I was more arrogant. Mm. You know, like, it's down to me. You know? <laughs> I have to do it. And, and I was sort of resistant, I think, to maybe good guidance. Mm. I wasn't clear. So it takes you a while to get the thinking. So some of those years were me just going, ah, okay, now I see that. So, uh, and the second one, I would say, choose your business partnerships 
wisely. <laughs> because I've made two big mistakes in my business life, and not mm. every business that I've my I have recurring income businesses now, but not sure. every business I've ever started was recurring because I didn't have the distinction then. Mm, mm, mm. Not fully anyway. Uh, but I chose two business partnerships where fundamentally they started off really well. Yes. But they ended really badly. Ah. Um, and I would have documented that better. And I would have put more time into understanding the objectives and outcomes that the other person had. And now I don't regret them. They're part of my life now. Absolutely. And I wouldn't I wouldn't speak ill of the of the two people, I wouldn't invite them to a Christmas party, but <laughs> and we moved on amicably. But but I would definitely say that set me back as well. That's cool. So mm. not being as humble as I could have been, yeah, and not being as diligent as I could have been, they would be my two fundamental lessons. Point number one, because you mentioned um, you mentioned about you know that you were kind of more Mister Macho, and that it was your attitude more than anything else. But was it also yeah. down to was it also down to your um, arrogance? Would you do you feel like you were arrogant as well when you were younger? Uh, and no, then I said that. Oh, okay, cool. All right, no worries. Cool. And it's just it's just important because I think I feel like you know, especially with the younger listeners right now, and sometimes our ego can get in our way, you know, and uh, yeah. you know, no. and it's like, oh, you know, I don't need help, or you know, I'm working this yeah. out myself type of thing, you know, kind of Mister Know It All type of thing or Mrs. Know It All. Um, Anyway, <laughs> to be honest, I have to say, you know, I've been doing this for a long time now. And what is it now? Sort of 30 years doing it and 15 years teaching it. So I've been teaching for as long as I've been independent. And mm. the, the the fundamental starting skill that I have to see or, or quality that has to be there for me to even begin to want to help mm -hmm. is humility. Love that. Love that. And, That's... And so I ask the questions that lead to that demonstration. And from time to time, I'd see arrogance, usually in men, you know, the bravado, the lion. Alpha or, male. Mm. The alpha male. And um, and I raise it head on. Mm. And, you know, one or two times in a year, uh, we'll have a bit of heat and light, you know, on that. that. What right did you got to say? Well, yeah, because, you know, I'm here to help. Yeah. And if you're open to the help, I can get you to become financially independent based on what I've seen of your resources and based on what I've seen of your mm -hmm. intellect. Mm -hmm. But based on what I've seen of your attitude is you're, you're acting as if you know it all already. Yeah. And you don't. Yeah. So are you willing or not? Yeah. So you've got to be coachable. Absolutely. And I think at the beginning of my business life, I probably wasn't as coachable. I was probably arrogant and I've admitted that I'm not now. Um, in fact, I'm humbled every day by the fact that, you know, I have a journey of discovery. A lot of cheeky people will say to me, well, <laughs> Kevin, you know, you're, you're obviously a, a man of some wisdom and some safety <laughs> years. You know, you've got, you've got some wealth miles on the clock. Uh, yeah, yeah. Why are you still working? You know? I guess you, you, do it, you do it out of love, though, don't you? You do it out of passion. I do, but, it's, but, but the other thing I get, which to me is my most fascinating ROI. I love ROIs. And on another day, I can share with you 11 different ROIs I've discovered. <laughs> but I'll give you one of them right here, right now. Yeah, go on. And it's it's your one relationship, opportunity, or idea mm. 
So relationship R, opportunity O, and I idea from a complete transformation in your wealth, right? So that's it. So when I get up and I've got a podcast to do yeah. or I've got yeah. something to record or somebody to speak to or mm. a part to look at or even a client or a mentee to talk to, right. I'm looking for something I've learned to be that ROI for them. Got it. What's the one thing I can really leverage for them? Well, I get them from others. Like the wealth waster was a great one <laughs> a couple of days ago. But I'm always getting a distinction because people will share with me what they're doing. I go, that's really smart. Mm. Doing that. It's kind of you your know, own self-education as well. Somebody else. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, so it's all good. Um, yeah. I was going to say, I know, I'm, I'm conscious of time, uh, actually, because uh, we are flying through today, uh, ladies and gents, and, I'm, and hopefully you guys are picking up some, I mean, Kevin's dropping some massive bombshells and some great golden nuggets. So I hope that you're enjoying the conversation so far. I was going to ask you, actually, now, let's make this super quick and easy, right? So uh, we've gone into a lot of, like, psychology side of stuff, but I wanted to go into some real kind of, like, quick tips, nitty gritty. What are some of the easiest ways that we can create wealth right now? Well, first of all, understand there are only seven ways you can do it. Let's do it. So real quick and easy, okay? So first of all, let's define what we mean by an asset. Mm -hmm. So we're not going to go into accountancy definitions. We're going to say... An asset is something you own that is not you. Mm-hmm. It puts money in your bank account while you're asleep, and you can pass on that money to other people or good causes as you choose. You don't need to show up for the money to show up, right? You don't need to be there. Got it. What are they? Well, most people intuitively know they're there. They're out there in the ether. They've got three. Most people have got three in their life. They've got um, mostly underutilized or overlooked. Most people can can get some form of an income from the very home they live in. Yes. Right? You could turn that into money either by leveraging the equity in it or rent a room at seven and a half grand a year or build an extension and turning into service accommodation. Mm-hmm. Or if you live near mm-hmm. Wimbledon, rent it into a, <laughs> a superstar. <laughs> you can be creative. You can find ways, right? Most people don't do that. The only time they turn their home into an asset is when they downsize, when they get old and it's too late. Mm, okay. Second is pensions. Mm-hmm. And absolutely the worst value for money, almost in every case, in money purchase pensions, pensions in the stock market going up and down mm-hmm. because of the opaque nature of the fees that people are being charged. The layers and levels of fees being charged often historical when technology is brought so much to bear, often hidden in small print, really, really bad value for money for the most part. Some are really good value for money. Most people are paying 2% of their money in charges. Now, if the average return in the stock market is 6%, that's a third of their money going in fees. And that's compounding in the year. Mm. So we help people slash those fees. Mm. And in many cases, turn the pension into an asset. But I'll come about that in just yep. a second. Cool. That's because you can remove so much of the fees by using technology, right? Mm-hmm. The third is investing. That's still in the stock market, but through ICEs and bonds and cash and premium bonds and all sorts of things. But if you see that, that's mostly that's all people have got. Yes. A house, they can't control the value really. 
and they don't normally get an income from it. A pension's in the stock market paying heavy fees. Their investing is in the stock market paying heavy fees. So everything in their life is geared towards being a retail customer, getting the worst value for money, paying the highest fees possible, and not really building any serious wealth. Or even if they do build it, it's always uncertain because what happens when you get a stock market crash when you're in retirement? Mm. You don't have anything else with income coming in different ways. So what are the other incomes? Well, so that's three of seven, right? One, yes. two, three, house, pension, investment. Number four is a portfolio of property that generates rental income. Yep. Right? So easy to do that these days. And so many different strategies in property, at least 20 strategies in property, commercial property, buy to let, HMOs, service accommodation, care homes, student accommodation, you know, a whole raft of different things, <laughs> all of which we understand. And we teach people how to look at property and say, could any of that work for you? Yeah. You know, if you've got a business, you could actually buy your own premises or mm-hmm. could, could you could you buy a couple of extra properties or three or four? If you've got a student going to uni, you could buy a property while they're at uni. So they become your landlord and you don't have to pay for them and their money goes further and so on and so on. The fifth one is a business that works without you. Yep. You're a, particularly a recurring income business that works without you because you get a double benefit from that. Uh, the, the sixth is intellectual property. I How do you create yep. money from what you know? What do you do that's different, special, that's unique, and that could be valued, can be repurposed, can be created in a way that people will buy into that and pay on a recurring basis? Love it. So that your memberships, your subscriptions, your books, you know, even not everybody's going to be a JK Rowling and not everybody's going to write a song. <laughs> That's a classic. But everybody can do something to at least quantify how what value do I bring in the world mm-hmm. and how can I repurpose that and repackage that in a way that will get me some money. And Very we cool. should do that. And the last one is joint ventures and collaborations. Yep. How do you do something where you bring a way of thinking to the way somebody else brings a way of thinking, you combine them together and you get a double benefit. And uh, so notwithstanding, I've learned my lessons on how to do joint ventures. We show and share people how to build great joint ventures without taking the kind of uh, legal risks and and, uh, contractual risks. Handshakes is what I did then. (laughs) That doesn't work because you don't really map out expectations. Of course not. Uh, so, so that's how all that works. So when you combine those things, and sometimes you can shift them, you know, you can take the pension and say, well, instead of it being on the stock market, what if I took that pension invested in property? Or what if I took that pension invested in my business where I can add value? So you move from being a retail customer to being a wholesale customer. Mm, mm. Love that. And then all of a sudden, the layers of charges fall away. All of a sudden your ability to add value and create value comes into play. Mm. All of a sudden, instead of having a zero relationship with the stock market, which you can't have, you can't go to dinner with the stock market, but you can go (laughs) to dinner with a business partner or a joint venture partner or somebody's helping you write a book. Mm. So you can build serious relationships and that builds community and that builds enjoyment. Mm. And that ROI is return on interaction. You enjoy interacting with people and you, you can probably tell that's, gives me a lot of juice yep. so love that part 
Love of that. my building that I get to work with great people. And you get to choose them. Well, like you, immediately hit it off with you. So this guy's coming from my same space. But not everybody is. But then, you know, that's life. Absolutely. I'm, I don't appeal to everyone, but hey, that's me. <laughs> love that. Love that. Love that. Now, um, what's going to say to you, you know, um, I'm a big fan of um, financial literacy, right? You know, I've got uh, my good friend, Sharon Lecter, who co-authored the book with Robert Kiyosaki and the Rich Dad Poor Dad series and, and things like that. And <laughs> one of the things that, um, and, and I suppose this is kind of more of an alarming thing more than anything else but I, I'm, I'm a dad of four. Like I got four kids. <laughs> I guess that some of our listeners here, they also have their parents, right? You know, they've got kids or whatever it is. And my belief is that um, financial literacy really has to start from, 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 from your parents. You, serve, you ser serve yourself as role models towards your kids and stuff. What tips yeah. do you have for parents that not just want to educate, you know, their kids about financial literacy, but where does it really start? How can we serve as role models to make their lives better further on down the line? Well, that's a great question. And, and you know, I can give you a number of different answers to that. But the first thing is, you know, to acknowledge that we've thought about this and we realize yeah. it's not being taught in schools. But having said that, you know, for the first time, I've heard in Florida, they're putting financial literacy into schools where as part of graduation, they've got to have so many credits in financial literacy. I believe it. I believe that. That's that's, that's great. I think that's great. I Only, in that, Only in America. Only in America. <laughs> they've got a lot of things right. But, you know, that, that lease is an interesting point. And that's only just happened in the last month or so. Got it. What can you do? Well, first of all, you have to recognize that I'm a parent of three grown-up kids now, but mm -hmm. when you've got when you got children, they are sponges. Yes. You know, they're, they're gonna suck in how you do things. So what we try and do in our family is we have a, a kind of phrase we use, which is money is to do, not to boo. So mm -hmm. we talk about it and we do no phone zones. So around dinner tables, you can't like bring that. your phone to the table, mm -hmm. right? You the time when you bring your phone is when the premium bonds results around. <laughs> and, and, you know, you, and we're all comparing who's won what on the premium bonds. You, no, I didn't. Because all of those kind of things. So you make it fun. So whatever your kids are interested in, try and link discussions around money to what they're interested in. Yes. And we've got a whole series of blogs, articles, even books written by children's authors who we're associated with, uh, where you can bring good financial lessons not just lessons but experiences mm -hmm. you know playing games uh and doing things from kids from eight to 28 yeah and so we've got a i'm writing not finished yet adam but it's it's kind of three quarters done wealth builders for families how to be a fantastic money role model for your kids there you go love it hopefully yeah, that's so that's going to be out in the bookstores in the next 18 to 24 months or maybe less right uh, well, there'll be first of all, it'll be released as a test course because we do everything by beta. Love it. So we'll invite um, 100 families to participate. Mm -hmm. And we've already now started to build the case studies of uh, you know, those who say taken the property pillar. We call the assets pillars, by the way, seven pillars. Got it. And they take their kids around the building and say, you know what, this is what we're doing here. This is why we're doing it. And you know, what do you want to, what do you see? What are you thinking? And so on. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Just, just showing them and sharing and 
and so on. And uh, there's a whole series that. of different products and financial things that kids can learn, mm -hmm. technology, uh, bank accounts that kids can run bank accounts with the supervision of the parents. Yes. Um, there's, there's so many different versions of that now. So Love there's that. many, many. So I'd say, you know, tune in at some point to Wealth Builders if you want to be a great money role model for your kids at whatever age, because mm -hmm. they're all kids, even my kids now in their late 20s, you know, they're, <laughs> they're my kids and we still need to educate them. Absolutely. But with a slightly different twist to the eight-year-olds. Yeah, definitely. And, and I suppose the other thing that I picked up from what you just said was getting them involved right getting them involved and showing them i think that's i think it's a really good point that definitely well listen we're we're coming towards the end of our show and and i hope again i hope you guys are, are picked up some great value bombs from today's um conversations and we've covered a lot of ground i reckon we could probably talk for hours if not end um but just before we go kevin what are you working on right now um you know what are you working on in terms of the creating wealth space for some of our listeners well, Wealth Builders for Families just mentioned, mm. uh, which will be out in the probably now, I would guess, first quarter of 2023. At yeah. the moment, we're doing, because we, we see there's so much doom and gloom out there. We mentioned that at the top of the show. We put together a six-week challenge yep. uh, for, for anybody who wants to participate, which anybody can do at any time. But we run it for a six-week period to give them a period, short period of focus, you know, short sprint yep. of opportunity to find money in, in key areas of their, their life. And we promise, this is my promise, that we will help you find, make, save or compound £1,000 in six weeks and it costs you 100 quid to participate. So 10x your money or I'm at risk. There you right? go. Doing that, we've got 150 going through that challenge right now um, and they'll come out with, guess what will happen? They'll find things I didn't even see before. <laughs> they'll, 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 I was speaking to one guy who said, you know what, because we've got so many different purposes these days, yeah. you can use, um, I think it was Monzo or whatever, but other, oh, yeah. other, other apps exist where you can take your money and you can split it into different jars. So you can have jars for the kids, jars for jars for, you're building your wealth jars for saving in the stock market, whatever you want to do. Love it. So technology is bringing so much to bear. So mm -hmm. what we're trying to do is just um, give people something to focus on right now when the world is focused on the bad, mm -hmm. to give something to focus on for the positive. That's what I'm working on right now. Very cool. Well, guys, listen, hope that you've enjoyed today's show. Um, if you want to contact Kevin, all of his links are actually below. And if you do reach out to him, do mention the podcast, of course, and uh, then he can connect the dots and put two and two together. It will either be himself or his team who will be able to uh, reach out and be able to direct you in wh whichever way that you want to go in. So, um, Kevin, I just want to say thanks very much for being on the show today. I really appreciate you. No, likewise. And um, I'm hoping one day soon to get you on Wealth Talk. So we'll be uh, seeing... Uh seeing how you can share your message with my listeners. Absolutely. Well, listen, guys, hope you've enjoyed today's uh, show. Um, do me a favor. If you if you haven't already paused this or stopped it, go to Kevin's LinkedIn profile uh, or even follow him up over on social media because I think it's definitely well worth looking at what he's creating. So we've got some, got some great stuff in there and even tap into his podcast as well. So listen, from me and Kevin, hope you've enjoyed today's talk. Uh, if you have enjoyed today's talk, do me a favor. Please, please, please either write, uh, write a review either on Apple or on Spotify. 
one or five star review. I don't mind. Be be honest with us, right? If you don't like the show, it's all good. I am not going to be offended. It's not the end of the world, okay? But if you love the show, please do me a favor. Go on to Apple and Spotify, leave a five star review or whatever it is that you prefer to give us. So um, listen, from me and Kevin, hope you've enjoyed today's show. Uh, we'll see you back here again on the next Game Changers Experience. Take care and we'll see you soon. Cheers.